Welcome to Top Brew, the show that is best served fresh. This episode's sponsor is Thrasher Coffee. Visit thrashercoffee.com for roasted-to-order coffees and save 10% off with coupon code TOPBREW at checkout. I am Joe Darnell, and joining me today is my co-host, Mr. Eric Rauch. How are you doing? Good day. Uh, I'm doing great. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing great, Eric. And I think that we have a lot to discuss about coffee this week. Um, I know that a lot of people have asked us questions pertaining to uh, how how do they get the majority of uh, the flavor out of coffee. They've asked like uh, some questions about health concerns. See, we've been asking people to tell us like what they would like us to discuss you know, in a little bit of a follow-up session uh, here at the beginning of our show. And this is the first time since episode one, which was two weeks ago, that I've had a a good question to tackle. I wanted to bounce this off of you. Okay. Cool. Are you ready for it? Bounce away, Joe. Thank you, sir. Uh, Follow-up, question number one, from Kelly Kotsum-Jantz. She asked, how do I refine my palate? I have no idea how to taste the hint of tropical exactness, chocolate undertones, or smoothness. Are you asking me? Yes, I'm throwing in your in your direction. Oh well, I'm with I'm with Kelly on this one. I don't I don't get these kind of things. Now, um, I do I, I do understand. I now, think. what do you mean you don't get these kind of things? You mean you don't get the cupping note terminology? Yes, I think that's exactly what I'm what I'm saying. But you have the chart. You have the chart like uh, that we have seen where it's all broken down into a spectrum of all here here are all the the vegetable flavors, the herbs, the chocolates, yeah. the sweet stuff, the, the the grains and the fruits and you're just not getting it. I'm not I'm not getting it I think in the way that they the, the, that the makers of the chart think I should get it. And I don't think I'm I'm necessarily unique in that either. Yeah, I, I mean, when it comes right down to it, it, it those things are made up by the professionals for the professionals, I think. And then it's, it just sounds nice in the packaging because marketing likes to describe the product. And so yeah. they, they force it upon the, the, the product's packaging, but we don't really expect the general public to understand those things until they become, well, kind of nerdy about their coffee. Well, the, yeah, it, it, it is kind of nerdy, and there's no way to prove it. There's, there's no way to yeah to validate the terminology. Right when somebody says that that this that this coffee has notes of peach and and cherry and um, apple pie, okay. I, yeah, mean, I, don't, I don't I don't know what that tastes like, but not, not but, apple tart, not apple juice, right. not apple cider. Right. Um, so there's when when I read that, and then I I and, and then I take a sip of the coffee, I can I can kind of pull out. I guess I can kind of recognize what they're... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But I would never have described it that way. How would you have described it? I like it. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> uh, this, this this is mediocre. This tastes bad. Yeah. This, this is good. This has got flavor. This is delicious. This is not delicious. I, fo- I focus, when I cup coffees, I focus more on not not on trying to compare one isolated taste that that I'm that I'm tasting in the coffee with something else like a oh yeah like a fruit or a chocolate or I I I tend to focus on the the overall experience. What does this when this is in my mouth? What's the experience? When 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 I smell it, what's the experience? When what what is what is the overall Im- impression? And I'm not great at pulling out different descriptors because 
they're not really helpful to me. So I don't really think they're they're helpful to a lot of other people. Kelly says, yeah, "How do I re- how do I refine my palate?" Well, Kelly, there's nothing wrong with your palate. You you taste just fine. It's it's a mental thing. It's being able to put a sip of coffee in your mouth and and isolate different different flavors in there. There's 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 hundreds of of flavor components in in every sip of coffee. There's no way yeah. that you could you could possibly isolate each one and say, oh, that's this or that's this 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 ninety nine uh, this ninety ninth percentile or or, or this one percent of the of the taste is reminiscent of this. Well, yeah, it might be, but depending on what you ate, depending on on if you just brushed your teeth, depending on um, the time of the day, depending on the kind of day you're having. And have have an yeah, influence on it, absolutely. And like what your imagination was already, your expectations, yeah, right. tooling before you got into it, or yeah. how, how much you're actually paying attention to what you're eating. And if the product said so, like if the label says it tastes a little bit like apple crisp, then perhaps your expectations are amplified. Then you take a sip of this stuff, and you get that, right? But then if you add something like um, some flavored cream it changes everything and you can basically ignore the description yeah there's a coffee that i just i just recently roasted that because i i typically put a little bit of milk if i have it whole milk if not two percent i i just i just whiten it up just a little bit with with a little bit of milk um because i like i think it i think it gives the coffee just a little bit of body and it's 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 softer on my stomach it, it yeah i mean i prefer black coffee but if I drink a lot of black coffee, it, it does upset my stomach. And I found that if I if I put milk in it, it's interesting. It's 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 gentler to me. It's coffee doesn't me. bug my my stomach. You know what no, bugs my stomach? You're a young guy. But you know what has always bugged me? Water. Water first thing in the morning <laughs> gives really? me an upset stomach. Yeah. I I can't drink tea early in the morning. No matter no matter what I do, I can't I can't drink tea until maybe after two o'clock. I don't. I have no clue why. It doesn't matter what what tea it is. It. it Although although green tea doesn't do it, but but any kind of any kind of black tea, um, it it just really gives me a an upset stomach. So yeah, I mean there's all we're all individuals, we're all unique, we're all different, yes. and we we all have different experiences in our in our own personal histories, right? When you have an expectation or when you put a a, a taste of coffee in your mouth, all that stuff is coming into play. It's 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 not like you're a you're a computer and you're just you know, going through and analyzing and saying, this is this, this is the, you know, you know, ding, 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 97. I like this coffee, 97. No, it's not it's, mathematical. It, it's, it's not something and, so and, uniform. It, it never will be. It's, um, and this is, this is and why. And it will change even on the beans throughout the bag or throughout the brew. Like, you know, what happened it'll, was. Yeah, it'll change throughout the pot. The roasters have taste tested a couple of pots of this coffee. And then they wrote down their notes. Then it was passed off to marketing, who fluffed it up, mm-hmm. amplified the descriptive words. And then it, but then that isn't even the very same beans that wind up in a product bag that is given to the buyer. Right. So the buyer gets beans that the roaster and the marketing team never tasted in the first place. And if it even if it was taken from the same crop, it's even at the same time of year. The way that those beans were impacted in another part of the crop is going to make them taste a little bit different. And even down to the nuances of the roast color, how how much it was roasted, just the, the difference of a few seconds mm-hmm. of, of the exposure to the very extreme high heats can change the flavors in the coffee. Because, you know, 
when the coffee comes green, it doesn't really have flavor. Right. You brew some green beans, you're not going to get much flavor out of it. And I don't even know what that would taste like. I mean, I'm sure there's something about it, but I've never tried brewing. Green yeah, beans. I, I've I've been asked that question um, numerous times, and I've, I've I've never done it. I've I've never. We have to get. We just have to do it once to answer the question for Maybe. ourselves. Maybe we'll follow up ourselves <laughs> on that one. Yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't sound it doesn't sound good to me, but we can always try it. I'll make up a Twitter profile to just submit questions to ourselves. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Actually, I have made up a Twitter profile called The Coffee Spectre, but I made it like a year ago because it was rumor had it that there was going to be a new social network where everything on the social network was just emojis. Oh, really? And I, because I was drinking coffee at the moment that it came out, I was like, oh, I really don't want to get on board with this. But if I have to get on board with this, I want it to be about coffee. So, so what I did is I, I went in there and I created my profile where it's just the ghost and a coffee cup together. Uh, the emojis of the of the coffee cup and the ghost, and uh, so I called it the the coffee specter. Maybe maybe the coffee specter will you know rear his head and start we'll, doing things. Will rise there. again. <laughs> uh, but I, trying to submit a question through emojis only would be a nightmare. Really? <laughs> okay. So back to the question. Before we move on, I, I want to say that a lot of this has to do with your imagination and your word associations. Your um, you know, if you were a child in school and you were given some lessons on um, George Washington is to a buggy what uh, uh, the state capital is to a fill in the blank. You know, like you got these I got these questions in logic class Mm -hmm. and we did a lot of these. This mattered to my dad and this is something he wanted us to learn. And I think I actually outdid him. Like when it was all said and done after doing this for years, I was so good at making up like these associations that don't, don't strike other people. And it's probably one of the reasons why some people call me metaphor man, because I identify like associations, connections between different themes, different products, different points of history, different kinds of people, different schools of thought and worldviews. And it's really annoying sometimes because I see things that not everybody sees. And then there's a handful of people who just live in this dream world, live in this imaginary world where everything is related, and they usually get me. Do you have a cape in your closet with an MM on it? Uh, no. Metaphor man? No, but I, I do have like the, the rest of the super suit. I don't really do capes. No capes, man. But, uh, what? No, 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 no capes. Superheroes wear capes. No capes, man. I, I dig the boots, and I'm good with the utility belt. <laughs> I dig the boots. <laughs> uh, but for the, for the fact of the matter, it's, it's somewhat man-made up constructs based on our language, based on our associations and call, uh, like, you know, some people are going to refer to the Hershey bar in a, in, in the product description for the coffee. Well, that, I mean, that's, that's why they're called metaphors because they're not exact. They're not like, this reminds me of this. It this reminded like that this. particular person of that, but it doesn't necessarily remind everybody of it. Right. Because not everybody has had that experience. And not, not everybody, everybody has a, a memory of what that is so vividly. Right. And not, not to completely get off on a tangent, but when you say that this this coffee tastes like apple crisp, well, who's apple crisp? Which apple crisp? I mean, it's not like it's not like apple crisp has it has a, a a definable flavor that this is what all apple crisp that have ever been made tastes like. There there's a there's an imperfect analogy going on here. That's not it's not gonna work for all people and. And again, you just just look at look at wine tasting notes sometimes. 
I mean, it's they're, the same thing. They're ridiculous. Have you heard the just the descriptions for Coca Cola? Like, there's a hint of lemon, and I'm like, what lemon? Like, you know what? There's actually lemon juice, you like extract or something used in the Coca Cola recipe. Uh, but, but but as soon I as you say it. that, I think I think most people will go, oh. Yeah, and it, there and is, and there it, is, a, there yes. is a, a sour component to it, sl- slightly reminiscent of lemon. Oh, but would they have picked that up if you just put it in front of them and said, is, do you taste the fruit in here? Right, it's the same no, thing. not really. Yeah, and we talked about this uh, when we brought up a reference to the Devil Wears Prada. Some people would understand, you know, because they're in the professional world, they have to make the diff- understanding, like, uh, they have to be really familiar with all the colors of the, of the spectrum. So everybody in the fashion world would know the difference between, you know, cerulean, yeah, cerulean and periwinkle, and we just don't care. We right. don't, We wouldn't identify that stuff. You know, we we just read the, the names of the swatches of the paint colors in Home Depot, and we're like, I don't know why they they, they, they called that one Starry Sky and this one Midnight. Right. But they, they, you know, part of it is the name game. Part of it is just marketing. And part of it is that there is a there is one ounce of truth to it, because those colors actually might be taken right out of the night sky. Right. But not everybody is going to see that observation. Not everybody's going to make that observation. I think that's a perfect segue to our next segment, Joe. Yes. But first, I want to get to the sponsor for this episode. So our thanks to Thrasher Coffee for sponsoring the site and podcast. Thrasher Coffee provides the fastest online freshly roasted coffee source from the heart of Dixie. Their roasters source beans from around the world, taste tests hundreds of them, then carefully produces astonishingly flavorful coffees. And I mean it because I'm drinking some right now. It's just busting with flavor. When you order at thrashercoffee.com, it is roasted to order and shipped within 24 hours. You will always have the tastiest fresh coffee experience in every brew for your homestead or the office tower or the mountaintop from Thrasher Coffee. New to Thrasher's Roasts, I would recommend you start with a Pioneer Single Roast and the Liberty Blend. These are two essentially medium-dark roasts, which in my opinion bring out the majority of the coffee's flavor right before it begins to get smoky, like in the dark roasts. Looking for a great price on a coffee membership? Be treated like a connoisseur with a discount up to 35% off their fresh roasts with free shipping. And Top Brew's listeners receive 10% off with coupon code TOPBREW at checkout. Thrasher Coffee Roasts responsibly harvested beans and supply premium, fresh, small-batch coffee experiences to their discerning customers at an affordable price. Thank you, Thrasher Coffee, for supporting Top Brew, this podcast, and Eric Rauch. So back to the outline for today. What's the difference between light, medium, and dark roasts, Eric? There's there, there's a lot of difference, but it's becoming very, very confusing to even understand what those terms mean when the average consumer goes to goes to the shelf and and looks at what a what some people are calling a medium roast, what some people are calling a, a medium dark roast, what some people are calling a dark roast. And like I said last week, a lot of this confusion really does stem. I'm not blaming it on on Starbucks, but it does stem from Starbucks. You think that everybody gets there? Well, culture wide, everybody is in, heavily influenced. Impact their judgment calls are influenced by Starbucks today. Oh, absolutely. Um, especially, so like, yeah. We don't we don't think of it in terms of what the independent coffee roaster is doing on the corner in the downtown. Oh no, but but I I think today 
a lot of things that, that the specialty coffee industry is doing is a reaction to what Starbucks is doing. So it's... Yes, it's it, complicated. Right. It influences not just not just the entire industry, but but in, but but how the, the the little specialty cottage artisan industry how it reacts and and how it it presents its own its own coffee because like you mentioned a couple of weeks ago there's this snobbish way of of referring to Starbucks as charbucks because oh Starbucks roasts all their beans too way too dark for me and there's there's a, a there is a sense where that's true but apparently Starbucks isn't roasting their coffee too dark for very many people because they're they're raking in a ton of money what what they are doing though is they're delineating themselves from from what has typically become normal coffee in America and by that i mean the coffee you get in restaurants the coffee you get from from McDonald's the coffee you get from Dunkin Donuts all of that is is tends to be a medium roast a lighter roasted bean <laughs> and and it's it's going to be a, uh, a a nondescript arabica bean it's it's going to it's going to be a blend it's going to be a combination of of beans and they blend so that, that that they can mask flavors from year to year and they brew them out of it because when when you get their coffee it's like uh, 250 degrees and it's scolding the styrofoam it's melting the pot right right but but what what they're what they're what they're trying to do is is dunkin donuts has a coffee and it 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 wants to present that coffee as the same being consistent day in day out year after year after year year after year so in order to do that, they a they always roast it the same, and b they use they use a a a, a blend of beans because like from one harvest, just like with 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 wine grapes, that's why they put the year on 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 vintage wine. Um, this was the 2012 harvest. This was the 2009 harvest. So that you're you as a consumer are being told up front, well, look, there's a difference between the 2009 and the 2012 harvest. Sure, they came off the same plants, but the, envi- the, envir- the environmental factors were different this year. Uh, we had a we had a great harvest. It was very plentiful in two thousand nine, two thousand twelve. Maybe not so much, but that that it, that affects the, the 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 end result that goes into the bottle. Same with coffee. A a harvest at you know fifteen hundred meters in 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 Colombia one year yields a slightly different tasting coffee than it, than it will the next or the or the year prior. So by by blending you can you can eat you can even out those those you equalize those it all and all the coffee begins to kind of taste the same it does. year in and year out and you don't notice that that there there is a difference in 2015 versus 2013. Yeah, I, even though there probably is. But you just you drank enough over that span of time. And this is one reason why I've noticed that I don't drink much of Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks, but when I have been there on occasion, if it's been a while, if it's been half a year or a, a year and a half, that I drink some of their coffee, and it's not at all like what I remembered. Mm-hmm. But because I haven't been there that often, because I don't go, visit... You don't really have a baseline. Right. But I, what I do remember is like, oh, well, it was stronger. Mm-hmm. Okay, but this isn't at all like what I thought Dunkin' Donuts was. Yeah. And for one, it's because th- that brew... That that coffee maker in that particular location is altogether different than probably the coffee maker in another location, and then there there are the different beans. Mm-hmm. Then you know, like you said, they're trying to blend it and make it all taste the same. And so the people drinking there every day are not going to notice the differences. But the people who, like I, came only once every now and then, are probably going to notice a significant difference. 
Yeah, because you're not... You're- in terms of just flavor, not necessarily right. the strength of the coffee, but some value or some concept of what the flavor is. And that's and that that's my point, is there is a vast difference between coffee that you would get from Dunkin' Donuts or McDonald's, which which I which I think are essentially the same. They I mean I'm sure there's there's diehard Dunkin' Dunkin' Donuts coffee people out there. Oh, there hard, are. And diehard McDonald's coffee people out there that would say they are not the same. They taste no, McDonald's coffee is awful. Um, and we love all God's coffee drinkers, so don't, you know. Yeah, come. yeah, that's that's not I'm not, I'm not You can send all your emails to Eric at Topbrew.fm. Yes, um and I'll forward one to Joe. But what I'm saying is that between between the, the, the mass market produced the, the fast food industries offering of this is our coffee is is essentially the same. They're very similar. Starbucks, what 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 it what it came out with was was it was a darker roast. It was as soon as you put it in your mouth, you knew there was something else here. It was it was dramatically different than the coffee that you that 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 you were getting other places. And that's that became Starbucks calling card are these these darker roasted, heavier, more full-bodied coffees. And it's become Bold flavor, a bold coffee existed before Starbucks, but yeah, it certainly, yeah, of course it did. It certainly grew in popularity in the United States with right, Starbucks, right? It, it, and it got to the point after however many years. I mean, I don't, I don't even remember when 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 Starbucks started, but it was in in the eighties, maybe the seventies. It's been around several decades, but it started to franchise out and take over the country. I would say when I was about fifteen years old, right, which was about fifteen years ago. And I'm sure that they were more popular on the West Coast and the mid and the uh, the Midwest before they got down here to the South. But I, I was hearing about Starbucks long before they got to Georgia. Right, and and it was it, it, it was it had more to do with marketing than it did than it did with extreme quality. Now, I mean, you do get a you, you you get a consistent cup of coffee in any Starbucks you go into. Yeah, they were just the new coffee kid right. on, on the block. You know, they were the new. Upstart, but if you if you wanted something, a a a different experience than what you than we could get in, at any other place, right? You because went, you for went to decades, Starbucks. for decades, all you got was a few small coffee houses in some towns, but they would usually be uh, spread far and wide. So the likelihood that you'd find an independent coffee house in every town was just not very common back in the mid nineties, right. in my experience. And then if you if you wanted coffee, then you usually got the coffees from one of the other fast food joints. Mm-hmm. So so Starbucks differentiated itself a by by being a, a specialty coffee house where you, where you could go in and you and you could get a mocha, you could get a latte, you get a cappuccino, you get espresso. So I mean, you, you weren't able to get those things at, at, at the fast food places. So it, it had it had many different offerings, which, in my opinion, largely don't have much to do with a cup of coffee. They have to do with a dessert beverage. Yeah, yeah they they have they have more to do with the fact that I don't really like the taste of coffee, so I'm going to mask it with with all these other things. And that's man, that's okay too. But I, I get some caffeine in it, um, <laughs> so it's a so it's a bonus. Um, Beats the orange juice, but. There's now this this in in third wave coffee roasting, which Starbucks was was at the at the leading edge of. So they 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 kind of kicked this whole thing off, um, and now all these these independent these independent roasters coming in as the third as a third wave as a reaction against Starbucks are are bringing their roast back down. Interestingly, they're bringing their roast back down to the level of where Dunkin' Donuts and McDonald's are at at these at these true medium roasts, but they're but they're calling them these obscure names. They're they're calling 
a maybe maybe a medium roast. What I would call probably even more like a medium dark roast. I have a I have a bag in front of me here that that we we were drinking last week um, that that calls the roast light. And you open the bag and you look in there. It is not a light roast. I mean, a a light roast is t- almost tan. It's it, there's there's not there's not much brown to it. It's a true light roast is 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 something that, that it looks you, a little bit yellowish more so than yeah, brownish. If you if you put it in the majority of, of Americans, they would say, "Whoa, that's that that's really acidic." I don't. That's not good coffee. So the you think the acidic flavors are coming from the lighter roasts? Well, it does. Yeah, it does because the 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 more you roast a bean, the more you taste the roast, and the less you taste the bean. Because some people have said that the acidic quality comes from the coffee maker, the the the, the machine. I mean, like coffee is actually not all that acidic, according to what I've read. But what we identify to be acidic. Do you think it's coming purely from the, the roast profile, or is it a little bit of both? Where else would it come from? I mean, if you run if you run water through your through your coffee maker, it, it doesn't taste acidic. The, there's a place where it's coming from, and yeah, it's 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 in in most ways coming from the bean. Because let's let's remember the coffee bean isn't a bean; it's a seed, and it's a seed of a fruit, a citrusy type fruit. So it it does it does come from a plant that has a a uh, a citrus pulp surrounding the bean. The yeah, seed. the pulp is a lot like grapes, is what I've been told. But I mean, not the same as. Yeah, it's but it, but it's it's gonna it's gonna have that it's gonna infuse that kind of flavor in into the seed. Yeah, it's gonna have that. So the the lower that you roast, the lighter that you roast the coffee, you're gonna taste more of the coffee bean. You're gonna taste more of of what the what the the seed the bean itself tastes like. But the darker you make it, and this is and this is where uh, Starbucks was 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 making its money up up in the darker level roasts. I mean, you open a bag of Starbucks and it's almost always going to be at least somewhat oily on the beans. Well, now, I, would you identify that as a dark roast or a French roast? Because if I, if I remember correctly, the French roast is sort of like extra dark, right? That, that's why I don't even get into those into those terms. So you don't like terms like Italian roast because they're, they're roast, meaningless. Uh, city roast. They're they're entirely meaningless because some people when they say Italian roast. They think an Italian roast is is actually darker than a French roast. So you have a postmodern perspective of the roast profile. Well, I don't know that it's postmodern. It's just that 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 different people use use different terminology to refer to this this same thing, and it's it's confusing. It's not it's not at all helpful. Yeah, we're not sharing all the same definitions for all these terms. Yeah, that, sure. and that's that's where the 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 coffee industry started moving toward a thing called Agtron, which is which is a scientific way of of analyzing the color of your bean and it puts it on a scale um the 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 higher the number the lower the roast and an agtron of say 80 is is a super light it's it's like a a cinnamon roast hmm. again i don't i'm not going to use the terminology of, of french or italian um i'll just say a a dark roast is going to be anywhere from from 40 to to 25. So it's, it's, it's opposite of what you think it, you know, a, a higher number is actually, Oh, is actually lighter. Um, so not, one would be darker. black. Uh, right. Right. Interesting. A, 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 a one would be, I think probably in pieces. It, it, it would, it would be on fire. <laughs> now are, how are the coffee house franchises using the Egatron system? Or is this something that for the independents are using primarily this? And, and, and this is, this is another problem. The, uh, the, the Agtron technology itself is pretty expensive so mm. your 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 average coffee house can't can't really afford 
to get this this machine that, that's going to give them a scientific scientific number to their roast. And it would only be helpful to them within the industry anyway. It wouldn't be helpful at all to their customers because the hmm. customers have no clue what, what what the Agtron numbers are, nor do they really need to. Um, and in most co- uh, most of the coffee bags are not going to show us the color of the coffee bean inside anyway. They're, right. they're opaque, meaning like, you know, these are not translucent packages. So the day that you find out the true color of the coffee is when you open it up right there at your grinder. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's where this, this, uh, this bag, it's a, it's a, I mean, what would you call that? Fluorescent green, whatever. Yeah. The Amavita coffee house bag. Uh, you know, I had some of their coffee in their coffee house in Florida and I really enjoyed the coffee there that day. Yeah, it's good. It was it was a, it was a good, was good. Was a good cup of coffee. This is a an nothing Ethiopian wrong with Yurga the brand. Chef. No, but but they call it light, a a light roast. And and I don't like light roasts. If you and if you look at at the at the show notes and and look at uh, Agtron Color Track, what 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 a true light roast it would fall somewhere between maybe uh, maybe seventy and eighty, uh, maybe as 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 uh, low as sixty five, or I guess as high as sixty five. They're calling this a light, and it was actually up. It was probably close to a forty or a forty-five. It was, and it, it, it may be, may have even been um, uh, darker than that. I don't remember because now the bag's empty. But it was, it was way darker than what I would call a light roast. This is my theory. This is where um, people are, re- are reacting and and calling their roast one thing against this perceived uh, Starbucks notion. E- even Starbucks has now come out with their own their own line called the blonde roast. Uh, and, and, it, and you think blonde means it's going to be some seriously light roast? Yeah, you would you would think so. But you open and there's a there's an article also in the show notes. Uh, a barista does does a comparison between a a Stumptown roast and uh, I th- I think it was Starbucks Veranda roast, which is part of the which is part of the blonde line. And he he pours them out, he dumps them, he tastes them, he cups them, he he he, he camaxes them, he does different things with them. The visual picture of the two beans side by side. Is is ridiculous mm. because when you call something blonde, like you said, Joe, you you anticipate it being white, you, you know, tan, maybe not not dark brown, right? Not you don't expect the blonde to be a brunette, right? You expect <laughs> it to be a blonde, and it's not. But it is it is blonde as as uh, compared to every other every other roast that Starbucks does, which is which is a, a much darker roast. So it it is blonde within Starbucks terminology. It's lighter. But it's not it's not blonde to the to the um, to the effect that it's that it's a light roast. It's it's still at best a medium dark. And then we have strawberry blondes, and they just throw everything off. You know, I think that's the I think that's our our next line at Thrasher Coffee, the strawberry blonde line. <laughs> no, no, that's that's not true. Um, Rose profile, cupping notes. It, it, it tastes like it tastes like uh, strawberry shortcake. Uh, yeah, strawberry shortcake with a hint of white Zinfandel. <laughs> what? Uh, well, this is definitely a grandiose topic. This is a grande topic, it, it, and yeah, we're going to get to yeah. it in more detail in future episodes. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It it, it does need to be dealt with um, in in a more comprehensive fashion. I know we're we're jumping all over the. We're place introducing getting, topics right now. This right. is just episode three. That's, that's true. Yeah, but it. it but you it's, now know the all the cast of characters. You know the where the locations of the show, and now now we're going to go deeper with all the plots, with all the subplots. And I would I would like to say before we before we close, there there is an an article that's that's very good that's also listed in the show notes 
by uh, Kenneth David's this this called naming coffee or it's called saying coffee and there's a chart in the in the back of the article that goes through the the roast spectrum and this is this is the one that I t- that, that I tend to follow but it 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 deals with all of the uh, and this was written in 2010 and it's it hasn't gotten more clarified since then it's if, if anything it's, it's gotten more confusing um, so it's a it's a good article to read if if this this uh, topic of uh, what does a medium roast? What does a medium dark roast actually look like and taste like? It's, it's a it's a good article to look at. Fantastic. Well, this is going to wrap up everything for episode three. Episode four, we have a special treat for you. Every now and then, we are going to have an interview with a coffee enthusiast or a a coffee farmer or a barista or some other kind of coffee specialist. So we're going to interview Ben Kaiser, who is a friend of mine who lives on the West Coast. And I appreciate his background with espresso. I think that he has a few things to introduce that we have not brought up on the show. So tune in for episode four next Wednesday. You can find the show notes at topbrew.fm slash podcast slash three, where we have links to everything we discussed on this podcast for your convenience. Follow us on Twitter at TopBrewFM and send your coffee questions with hashtag AskTopBrew. Lastly, I want to give a special thanks to this episode's sponsor, Thrasher Coffee. If you want to be supportive, enjoy their fresh roasts and let them know that we sent you. If you would like to sponsor TopBrew, the podcast and the site, send an email to joe at topbrew.fm. I am Joe Darnell. Thanks for listening.